0: So Sarah's going to come up and speak today. She's our community pastor. And to invite her and to set the pace and kind of get ready for that, let's pray this prayer together as we begin. Let's pray this out. Jesus, we come before you with joyful confidence today because we, you know, each one of us completely and you love each one of us completely. Holy Spirit, help us experience more love in our lives. We open ourselves to you, and we are listening to what you have to say to us today. Amen.
1: Amen. Hello. Happy to see all of you today, and I'm happy to be sharing with you on this last Sunday of our 40 Days of Faith Extravaganza. Now, today is the last Sunday, but we continue on and right up until Easter. So if you've been following, around, following along in the daily guide, the daily guide continues next week. And it would be great if you would follow along because I'm, I've written that week's daily guide. So I have a vested interest in asking you to follow along. So just before we started 40 Days of Faith, my husband John and I had the opportunity to take a team of 14 to New Delhi. I shared about this just before we left on a Sunday morning. And when we got back, I asked our New York posse right over there, Anthony, Melina, and Rhonda, they were part of the team, to consider sharing their experiences of working in with Asha in New Delhi that is all about helping residents of slum lives get, just have great, great lives and uh, making things better and transforming things. So I asked them, would you be interested in sharing on a Sunday morning? You have some options. You could show pictures. You could do a little iPhone video thing. You could do whatever you'd like. And they said, yes, we're on it. And the next thing I knew, they had, fi- they had hired a film crew And had done a professionally professional video that we are going to debut this morning. So, would you applaud for this new wonderful video? Okay, here we go.
2: I expected it was going to be a trip of many firsts. I really didn't
0: know what to expect. I'd never been to that part of the world before. i never traveled with so many people.
2: And it was a group of people I hadn't even met before. I expected to get there and go through those experiences on my own.
0: The folks from the Ash organization were very welcoming.
2: And what I realized pretty quickly was that these were people that came from the same church network as me. So we connected very quickly.
0: There was still a great sense of I don't know what I'm getting into.
3: We went to several different slum communities. One particular day, we spent all of our time at two particular slums that had very different circumstances. They all had different time that Asha had been involved with them. The difference is just night and day.
0: Historically, they've been divisive places. They're divisive because of gender, because of economics, religion, and so many other things. And they're coming in there with a set of values. And the values themselves are universal. They're things like joy, optimism, nonviolence, things that anyone in any religion can relate to. Once the folks that are in the slums buy into that, a door opens for them to get involved in a lot of the resources Asha has to offer.
2: Is something that empowers people to help themselves and help each other by connecting them. It gives them basic skill sets like financial literacy and health education, but it really also promotes a sense of once we've given you these skill sets to help those that don't have them. And I think that's why it's been very successful. It's not just helping single individuals, it's helping entire communities.
3: very kind of rich experience It was very inspiring meeting all of these kids who run to school the value of education is just you know tremendous there and then they are very welcoming for you to come into their homes uh, they want you just to, to see what they've been able to achieve you know that's very heartwarming when you come from such different circumstances that was pretty incredible
2: was very surprised to see so much joy and gratefulness when i was visiting the Song communities with asha and also just generosity i mean they actually shared a lot of what they had with us and so what surprised me is that we were so welcome into the asha community that we were hugged immediately you know uh, we were greeted with flowers and welcome signs and just a lot of hugs
0: we talked about where we were from we played ball, we sang, we
1: danced. but oh.
3: oh. Should we sing a song? Yeah. Yeah.
0: experiences ever, I'll never forget it.
2: Thinking back about this experience, what I value really the most about it is the friendships that I came away with.
3: It was very, very apparent the uh, work of Asha and how it's changed people's lives.
1: That awesome! Thank you, Anthony, Melina, and Rhonda, for making that. That was awesome. It was so fun to see the photos and faces of these people across the world who have just really captured our hearts. You know, while we were there, there was one member of the team who uh, was couldn't get her mind around how all this transformation was taking place. She said, you know, I can see if it's one or two or even a little community that's being transformed, but 600,000, 700,000 people's lives? How does that work? So one day we were at Juwan Nagar Slum, and, uh, she posed the question to their college students and high school students. And she said, what is Asha's secret? And they thought about it for a while. And they said, love. The love of Kieran Martin, the founder. The love of the staff in the slums. The love of the volunteers. Love. And what we saw in the video is a result Of love because love has the power to transform today we're going to take a look at how the Holy Spirit can help us experience more love in our lives love is a major theme in the Bible you could look at it as a love story from God to the world and people's responses to that love and this isn't just a general love for humanity but for people individually. In Psalm 139, we hear about this kind of loving interest that God has in us. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit up, oops, st- sit down, and stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. And as I read this verse and reflect on it, and as I think about my own experiences of God's love, what stands out to me is that God loves us so well because he knows us so well. You know everything about me. You know my thoughts. You see me. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say. And after knowing and seeing everything, God's response isn't judgment. It's you place your hand of blessing on my head. You love me. I'm not Loved by God because I am a part of humanity. I'm not loved by God because He sees such wonderful potential in me. I'm loved by God as I am. God loves the woman who calls herself Sarah, who is really afraid of snakes, who likes to help people feel included who is always battling insecurity, who would love to be 10 pounds lighter. And this unconditional love is really hard to comprehend. So God provides a way for us to take it in. And we read about it in Romans. Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. And here we are. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So this unconditional, supernatural love, too big for us to take in, and it's really important to God that we do. And so the Holy Spirit steps in happily, and becomes a spiritual funnel so that we can get God's love down into the deep, deepest parts of who we are. This spiritual funnel, also known as the Holy Spirit, is how we get more love in our lives. It's his whole gig is to give us the ability to experience love and life beyond what we're able to on our own. And this love is meant to be shared. In John 15 we read, Jesus said, This is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. God's love transforms human love. That's the blueprint for how we can love well. At the beginning of the year, I, was, I had the opportunity to think about my life and different areas of my life and what my goals were in each area. And I really liked doing this because I like making goals because I like writing them down in a little notebook. And then if I accomplish the goal, I get to check it off and I just feel so good and it's all exciting. And I had goals, you know, for my personal life, like work out so many times a week and eat vegetables every day. And then I had goals for my ministry life, like develop leaders and reach out to the community. And I had goals in my relationships, like um, uh, uh, learning how to become a better friend. And all these goals are great. They're little bite-sized things that help me go in a direction that I want to go. But as I started thinking about my life and the different areas in life, I realized, well, really, when you boil it all down, my goal is to live out the rest of my days surrounded by the people I love and who love me. And I knew that that wasn't a goal I could write in my notebook under eat vegetables every day. It was a different kind of thing. It was a work of the heart, and it was something that I really couldn't do on my own. I needed the spiritual funnel of love to help me do this. I needed this flow to experience that supercharged love in my life, for the Holy Spirit to help me take in God's love, to experience it in a personal way so that I can feel known and seen, and then to allow it to transform the way that I love the people around me and allow the people around me to love me. Known and seen, I think, is really key in that. Because knowing and seeing helps us to fully love. It means I see you. I know you're not perfect. I see your struggles. I'm with you. And I love you. But it can feel really scary to be known and seen. We tend to believe that... If we're really known, we will not be loved. And we won't be loved by everyone. But when we allow the people in our lives to see the good, the bad, the ugly, the triumph, the struggles, we open the door to genuine, loving connection. And it's often, it often happens when we share our stories when we share our stories and when we listen to other stories. But when it comes to storytelling, we seem to fall into one of those two camps, those who like to listen to stories and those who like to tell stories. And in most situations, like this one, I really appreciate that you're not up here telling your story at the same time I'm telling my story. So someone needs to be the listener, and someone needs to be the talker. I mean, it does come in handy. But when we can get good at both sides of storytelling, that's when we really grow in expanding love in our life. And God can help us there. If you're a talker and you love sharing your story, that's really awesome. And he'll help you give space for other people to share their story. Early in life, I was a really chatty kid. Teachers had to regularly... (laughs) I did not authorize that picture to go (laughs) on the slides. (laughs) And it's so huge. (laughs) Anyway... Uh, Teachers, uh, when when I was this age in elementary school, I was a frustration to teachers, and they frequently had to change where I was sitting in class in hopes of getting me to be quiet. And I remember in fifth grade, Miss Richter telling my mom, I don't know what to do with her. You know, I have moved her all over the class. And I've put a lot of thought into who I'm going to have her sit next to. And I try to pick a kid that she is most unlike. But as soon as I move her there, she just befriends them and just keeps, she just keeps chatting. It doesn't work. She'll, she'll just get to know anyone. And it was through my chatting, chat, 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 at home, at school, but then, when I got a little bit older and I got a little bit more self awareness, I decided that I wanted to love others by getting to know their story, by listening to them. And I wanted to be a better listener. And I worked really hard on it. And after a while, before you know it, I had swung to the other end of the pendulum, always listening always hearing other stories and very reluctant to take up the space to tell mine and to let others know me. So I started a process that's still going on in my life, developing a habit of telling people how I feel about stuff, what my thoughts are, what my hopes are. That's my story. If you're a talker and you love sharing your story, God can help you become a great listener as well. I've experienced that in my own life. When I'm on my way to meet up with someone, and I have a moment where I think, think about it, and I pray, God, would you help me connect deeply? Would you help me to know this person better? And would you just help me to know when to openly share myself and when I need to be quiet and make room for them to share themselves with me and when I do this I notice a real increase in connection and I think it's God influenced. So today I have four tips that might help us experience more loving connection in our lives. Tip number one, cultivate a habit of sharing how you feel about what's happening in your life. What are your thoughts? What are your hopes? What are your experiences and how do you feel about them? That's what makes up your story. Sometimes we stick to sharing our knowledge or our beliefs or our opinions. And those are intellectually stimulating conversations. But that's different from a connecting conversation where we share an experience and our feelings. So cultivate a habit of sharing how you feel about what's happening in your life. And in day-to-day life, we may feel like we don't have a lot of opportunity to be known and seen. We may feel like we go through life a lot of days not feeling seen or known at all. But we have an opportunity today. And that is tip number two. Take a step to know and be known today. We're intentionally trying here at the River to create room for interaction on Sundays. That's why we provide food and coffee and juice downstairs. We're hoping that somehow before the service or after the service that there will be some interaction, some ways of getting to know each other. But I must confess, even though I have a big hand in trying to create that atmosphere downstairs, mingling really stresses me out. I feel so nervous sometimes when I've tried to pressure myself to mingling. I, I feel like I don't know what to say and I don't know, uh, I just feel so awkward and awful, and then I get mad at myself because like, you're community pastor, you should be a great mingler. I'd love to be a great mingler, but you know what? When I walk into the lobby with the goal of getting to know someone better in some way and for someone else to know me better in some way, that pressure is gone, and it brings life. And especially if during the first few seconds of walking into the lobby, if I make that my goal, it transforms the way I experience the whole day. So I'd like to invite you to do that too. Take an opportunity today before you leave to know and be known. Tip number three: plug into a life group with the goal of connecting more deeply with others. Life groups often make it to the practical suggestion portion of the sermon. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it's because they are so effective to help deepen relationships. So if you're not a part of a life group, this is a great way for you to feel known in your life. That's what they're for. And try out a couple and find one that you're really comfortable with. If you're already a part of a life group... Make it your goal each time you go to know and be known and deepen that with the people in your life group. Sometimes we're in a season of life where we can't really share what's going on with our heart because we don't know. We feel like we don't have time for long, heartfelt chats. We don't really know what's going inside. We're having a hard time determining what God might be doing in there. And if that's the season that you're in, here's tip number four. Consider spiritual direction. Now, spiritual direction is an intentionally guided conversation where you're asked questions that would help you identify for yourself how God is active in your life. And once you can kind of try to spot that guiding and loving that is going on, it's so much better, and it's a freer way of interacting with God. And you're interacted to love other people, and you're empowered to love yourself. It really, really starts this flow going. And actually, today, I've invited Vicki, to come and share her experience. She's been in spiritual direction you can come on up, Vicky, for since uh, January, and uh, she's going to tell you what it's been like for her so far. Vicky..
4: Hello everybody. My name is Vicky. I had always prayed and had a very personal relationship with God, kind of always going through struggles by myself and turning to God only, just me and God. No small group, no Christian friends to share deeply with or ponder upon questions with, no church or faith community. This way of living with faith was fine thus far because it was what I had become used to, although at times I would have loved a deep, meaningful God conversation with somebody. But coming to the river helped me to connect with God on a deeper level. It helped me to truly listen to God's voice. But with this, things only became more confusing. At the beginning of the year, I felt that God was speaking to me, instructing me to, quote-unquote, this year, in all things, big and small, focus your attention to me. I had a hard time deciphering whether that was really God or my own thoughts or what that even meant. At this point, I decided to step out of my comfort zone and seek outside opinions and advice. And this was when I found out about Spiritual Direction with Sarah. I started Spiritual Direction once a month starting in January. Spiritual Direction is like meeting with an organization consultant for your soul. I wasn't sure what to expect at first, but now I look forward to each meeting. The very first meeting was pretty amazing. Our conversation led to me visiting my very early memories of my relationship with God. After about 30 minutes of going back and forth on these memories, I came to the realization of how much God truly loved me. This was the very first time in my life that I actually felt so personally, physically loved by God, and it was awe-inspiring. Words can't describe how I felt. That all these years, God was so close and made such an effort to make me feel safe, and loved, that the God of this universe would make me, just little old me, feel so loved. And even though I hear it all the time, God loves you, I never actually felt it physically. That was a very incredible thing to experience. Another thing that has happened was that it launched me forward to deal with familial issues that I knew I had to deal with, but stuff that I didn't even know was there. For some years now, I felt the pressure to take over our small family business that my parents started as immigrants to this country. But as I tried, it was becoming increasingly difficult to work with my family. I felt trapped and wasn't sure how to approach this with my parents. Not only that, I felt lost in my own career. What will I do after putting in years of my life into this family business? Have I been pursuing this because I felt that there was no other option for me? Will people view me as a failure if I don't continue? After a few spiritual direction meetings and the confidence gained by seeing God work in my life in that short amount of time, I was able to clear my thoughts and let my family know that I can't pursue the family business and that I now have to look out for more for my own interests, which include my family, uh, my husband, my son, and a baby on the way. This was just the beginning of this new journey with God and where he is leading me. I'm constantly reflecting upon my own thoughts, observations, and behavior. I'm finding that my family dynamics are infinitely better when business is not involved. I'm finding that I'm much more honest in my relationships with myself and others. I'm learning how to be a better mother, wife, friend, daughter, and sister. And most recently, spiritual direction has encouraged me that in the midst of not knowing what my next step will be or what, my, or what the near future holds, that God knows and is maturing me and my faith, and I can walk forward in that. So far this year, I feel that so much has opened up in my world. It seems that 2017 has actually become the year where my attention is most focused on God. And I'm so thankful that God actually cares enough to move so much in my small, insignificant life. And my mind is blown every time I think about it. Thank you.
1: Isn't that incredible? It's just amazing. I'm so encouraged by hearing her story. So... Thank you for sharing. And if you'd like to learn more about spiritual direction, we have brochures downstairs. You can mark a box on the connection card. Uh, two big questions that I think people have that I'll answer right now. One is spiritual direction is for anyone at the river. Anyone can, can do spiritual direction. And two, spiritual direction is free. Okay, so so check it out if you're interested. A lot of what Vicki was talking about and what she has experienced in these last few months is really simply taking some time to prayerfully look at how God might be interacting with her in her life. It's kind of like discovering the story of her soul. And we all have a soul story. If you were to dust your soul for fingerprints, you'd find God's there. Because he loves you, and he is active in your life. And right now, I'd like to give you an opportunity to discover your very own soul story. As you might know, as we've done in years from the past, uh, each Palm Sunday, we take a moment for people to write down what we've called their God stories. And what we mean by that is our story of what this 40 days of faith experiment has been like for us. Has God answered your prayer? What has happened in your life as a result of pursuing God during this Lenten season? Is there anything you feel like you see more clearly? Have you discovered a new sense of direction or purpose? Have you noticed anything as you've prayed for your five? Do you have a different perspective than when you started? And right now, as you're sitting there, I want to acknowledge something. Many of you feel like, no, I don't have a soul story. Nothing is going on. Nothing has happened. Maybe you feel like you haven't participated enough. Maybe you feel like you haven't been diligent enough. But I want to encourage you to look inside and see your soul story. And let's approach this like a spiritual practice where we set aside what we think is true And we open our hearts and be open to something more. Okay? So practically what it's going to look like is if uh, Sean and Ray, if you could pass out papers that we will uh, write our stories on. Logistically, if you could write within the box, that would be helpful. And second, if you could refrain, although it's tempting, from folding your paper We're going to give you a chunk of time to think about this and to write. And then when you're done, I invite you to come and put your story in our box. And if you'd like to take communion. The stories that we collect today will be hung up next week, framed and hung on this back wall as part of our Easter Sunday celebration. All right? So before we begin writing... First off, this is not a test, so don't freak out. It's okay. Does everyone have paper? Okay. So let's begin this spiritual exercise with prayer, okay? Let's take a deep breath. And please pray with me. God, first of all, thank you for your love, that you love us right now, as is. Holy Spirit, we invite you to funnel that love into our hearts right now. We receive your love, and we thank you for your love. God, help us recognize your presence in our lives over this past 40-day season. We trust that you have been up to something good Please help us to see that. Bring to mind the times that you've given us direction, hope, peace, comfort, joy, provision, clarity, purpose, whatever it is, Lord. Help us to recognize it. In Jesus' name,
2: amen.